Catch Up with Cat. Hello and welcome to Catch Up with Cat with me, Cat Harvey. This morning I have the ideal guest if homeschooling the kids is driving you bonkers. We'll also be throwing in some great music and finding out who your local heroes are. Don't forget, if there's anyone you'd like to thank, just go to the website, click on the Catch Up With Cat page and leave your details. Joining me today is Neil Innes, who is a primary school teacher from Granton Primary in Edinburgh. Hello there, Neil. How are you getting on? I'm very well, Cat. How are you? I'm not bad. I don't know whether... Should I be calling you Neil or Mr Innes? (laughs) I guess I've got my teacher hat on, so possibly Mr Innes, but seeing as though you're an adult, Cat, you can call me Neil. I can call you Neil. Lovely. Okay. And tell me, what primary is it you teach then? What what age are the kids? Uh, I teach primary five, so they're kind of nine, ten-year-olds. And how are you getting on then? Are you setting them work? How does it work for those of us that don't have kids? Yeah, so so what we're doing as teachers is uh, it kind of varies school to school, but just making sure that kids are getting access to do the kind of learning that they need to do. So some kids need an awful lot of learning, uh, a lot of challenge, a lot of kind of uh, work to be getting on with. Some are going to really struggle with that. So we just want to make sure we're giving them activities that that are manageable for for all our children. Uh, So what we do at Granton is produce a learning grid. So it covers all curriculum areas. So that's some maths activities, some kind of writing, some spelling. Uh, We also focus a lot on health and well-being, making sure they're doing activities that are going to keep them happy, keep them kind of healthy, keep them motivated to be doing to be doing work at school. Uh, also looking at things to do with topic, lots of artwork, lots of work to do with uh, maybe some music, uh, dance, PE. So just covering all bases really and just making sure that they're, they're getting the opportunity to do to do as much work as they can at home that the parents and the children find manageable as well. Uh, but as I said, the most important thing is the kids are happy. We want them to come back at school, back to school being happy and ready to learn. We can pick kids up if kids have maybe missed out certain parts of their curriculum that maybe parents have struggled with. We can pick that back up as teachers and make sure that we get them back on track as soon as we get them back in the class. So it's just to give kids options, uh, give them plenty of opportunities, and we're always here for support as well to help them with those learning grids. So we don't want to be stressing parents or children out. It's just giving a varied bunch of opportunities, I guess, for the kids to do while they're at home. That, you know, that's going to come as such good news to a lot of parents. You saying that, you know, even if they are falling a little bit behind, that you lot will know what to do to pick them up because I have a couple of friends and I'll be honest, Neil, they are going off their head at the moment and it's the stress of the homeschooling. Um, it really is a big burden on a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I guess parents, they're not teachers. I mean, they've got their own jobs, they've got their own skills. So <laughs> we're asking them to do things that they're maybe not not comfortable doing. I mean, if someone was, was to ask me to go and build a house, I wouldn't know where to start. So I guess it's just kind of trying to, I guess, trying to make mistakes. Like, Good point. Or, or try and present a radio show. I'd have no clue. So <laughs> well, I guess it's just... You're doing all right in that front, let me tell you. You're doing fine. But it's, it's, it's like, I, I remember seeing one of my friends, I think it was like primary seven maths, and it looked completely like gobbledygook. I was like, when did we lose the ability to do maths? So I can I can tell why they're stressing out. We're here as teachers. I mean, if, if there's work they're finding tricky, just get in touch via the schools. They've all got ways of accessing uh, their teachers all week, anytime. We always make sure we get back to kids within 24 hours. So if there's anything they're finding tricky, we can signpost them to, to things they can watch on YouTube or things online or just to give parents a bit of help as well. They, I mean, you've got to learn together. I mean, if, if there's something that you're finding tricky just you try and find a way to to manage it and do it with your kids try and make it fun if you can 
uh, and just use the support that's there within schools. Now, my friend's wee girl, she is seven and generally a delight, I have to say. She's a, a lovely wee thing. On Friday there, she had a bit of a meltdown for the first time and she's been a wee pest to her big brother. She's having sort of slight tantrums and she's not really that girl. Do you think it's all getting a wee bit much for some kids as well? Can can that happen? Yeah, I think I think I mean it's, it's kind of a, a challenging time for all of us. I think we're all certainly going through stresses that we we weren't expecting to go through, and kids are exactly the same. They're feeding off the nation's kind of anxiety, and they're feeding off parents' anxiety. So it's just making sure you build in enough fun things during the day. And if they are having a meltdown or if they're having a, a challenging time. We just have to understand that they're kids and they're going to have to go possibly go through challenging times and we just need to be there to support them, keep them calm, give them fun things to do, don't stress them out with schoolwork if, if that is the thing that's stressing them out. But just, yeah, just be a calming influence and, and talk to them as well. Um, you keep going back to this fun ideas, right? Fun ideas, fun ideas. Hit me with some of your best fun ideas that we can get our kids to do. <laughs> well, I've got a three-year-old and a one-year-old, so I'm, uh, I'm always doing kind of <laughs> role-play and just making sure I've, I've been dressed up as Jess the Cat. We've got Andrew as Postman Pat, and we've been out delivering letters to our grannies and <laughs> just doing doing fun things. The amount of times I've had to run around the park as a dinosaur, just things that are just... You love that anyway. Game. Come on, you'd be doing that before you had the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would. <laughs> but yeah, just just fine. I mean, kids are missing out. They're, as you said, they're missing out on their social skills. They're missing their pals. So sometimes, maybe as adults, we just need to be a five-year-old. We need to be a 10-year-old. We need to be a 15-year-old. Just try and be at a kid's level. Try and just muck about with them. Uh, do some gardening. And we've got... a tiny two-bedroom flat but we've got a tiny wee area outside our, our porch and we just made a garden we're trying to collect caterpillars to make a wee caterpillar house making bug hotels uh, i mean just doing fun things like painting andrew loves swimming the three-year-old and obviously he can't go swimming just now we we set up a swimming pool in our living room so we had all the cushions down that was our swimming pool you just said you live in a flat i'm like please tell me water's <laughs> not involved in this <laughs> no we, we stay dry thankfully but <laughs> Just trying to do things because he's obviously missing swimming, yeah. so we need to try and think of ways that we can, can bring that back in. And, oh. and he loved it. I loved it. Loved. I, I got a couple of tens from my dive, so I was pretty happy about oh, that. Oh, good effort, good yeah, effort. But... And what about your wife having to do the clearing up after that? Did she love it? <laughs> well, actually, we've kind of found that during this kind of lockdown, we just let the house be an absolute mess, and we beforehand we'd maybe try and tidy up, and now it's just. As soon as they're up, we just let them just... Let it be. what keeps them happy, let it be, and we can tidy up when they go to bed. So, oh. yeah, there's, there's swimming pools, there's all sorts of things around the house. And so. Daddy is a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr Innes from Granton Primary, thank you so much. You've given us plenty of food for thought. There's going to be people all over Scotland turning their living rooms into swimming pools because of you. <laughs> but loads of people, loads of great ideas there. Basically, keep it fun. Don't stress uh, about the homeschooling and regardless of what happens when the kids do go back to school, the teachers will be able to pick it up and get everyone back to where they should be. You've been an absolute star, Mr Innes. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget, lots of good advice at parentclub.scot if you're looking for a wee bit more help. Um, I'll let you go back to your swimming pool, sir. <laughs> Thanks very much, Kat. And yeah, as I said, just make sure your kids are staying healthy, staying safe and just, yeah, just go over there and just see... So you do the best you can. We're not all 
we're not all teachers, but we can just try our best and hopefully uh, all works out and we'll see them back at school, hopefully sometime soon. Catch up with Kat. We're in this together. So many people are helping others at the moment. Enjoy this morning's delivery of your local heroes. Hi, it's Lindsay um, from SSE Contracting. It's just to say a well done to all of our uh, operatives that are currently stood down just now. They're um, volunteering at local food banks within East Kilbride, Hamilton and Easter House that are donating to all over Glasgow. So just a well done and we're so proud of you. Hello, my name is Mary Kate. I'm six years old. I would like to say a big thanks to NHS who are keeping us all safe, especially my grand. She's a community nurse. Thank you, NHS. Catch up with Kat in association with the Scottish Government. Remember to go to the website and click on the Catch Up With Cat page if there's any person, group or business you'd love to thank. Okay, time to squeeze in my morning fun fact. Scientists have proven that flavanols from cocoa can improve blood flow to the skin and protect it from sun damage, which surely means that freddos are actually good for us. Oh, you know, I'm just trying to make myself feel better. Um, just remember, this is a government-sponsored show, so always eat responsibly. That's it for now. Join me about 3.45 when I'll be finding out why small acts of kindness can make a big difference. Catch up with Kat. Hello and welcome to Catch Up With Cat with me, Cat Harvey. This is a small but lovingly crafted show brought to you from my bedroom cupboard and by the power of online interviews. Fingers crossed for good Wi-Fi. This afternoon, along with some great music and your local heroes, we're going to be spreading a bit of love and some kindness. Joining me for a catch-up today is John Loughton, who is a charity worker and an expert in kindness and leadership. What a lovely title, John. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Kat. You are a right kindly soul. I know that from so many people, and I know that you're always involved in inspiring uh, young people and working in many charity projects. What are you up to at the moment then? I'm doing a lot right now, so I don't know if anyone's noticed, but there's a wee thing going on called coronavirus, which is uh, on a serious note, pretty bad for a lot of people. We've been running what we think might be the largest hot food charity support right across the city to help those of us that maybe can't get out or are elderly or disabled or not that well or have to be shielded and we can help provide them with a free hot meal every day so they're not having to worry about food. So how many meals are you putting out a day then, roughly? Oh, gosh. Listen, it's a lot of stirring, a lot of different pots in different (laughs) kitchens. A big mound of mints. (laughs) Yeah, listen, I've been called worse, but... um, As of today, we have delivered, um, as a group of wee very small charities, over uh, 14,000 meals <gasps> since it all kicked off. I mean, that's absolutely incredible. Uh, so many people are needing help at the moment, but so many people get involved in offering to help. I know you personally love doing it. What is it you get out of it? Do you know what? See, the idea of helping people and giving something back and just being there for each other, you feel so much better yourself. Um, there's a lot of rubbish things and a lot of rubbish people and a lot of nippy things in the world right now. So um, just being lovely and being kind and being a wee sweetheart to other people as best you can to help out um, makes you and them just have a much better day. I mean, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but small acts of kindness can really make a big, massive difference, can't they? You know how you go through good days and bad days at the moment? And I had a bit of a rubbish day last week sometime. And my friend Louise, who drives past my house on her way back from work, she dropped off a bag of Cadbury's mini eggs at my front door rang the doorbell and drove away so I never even got to see her but see the joy that tiny little act of kindness brought to my life I can totally imagine 
how many people are needing wee things like that, wee boosts at the moment. We can all just make each other's lives a bit better. And do you know what? It's about being a bit kind to yourself as well. Like I was thinking, if you can't be kind to yourself, how the hell can you be kind to anyone else? And um, to almost steal a quote from RuPaul. <laughs> Loving your inspirations. <laughs> Listen, if you want to have kindness, you need to start with RuPaul. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, geez, that's absolutely brilliant. Now, I believe you won Celebrity Big Brother back in 2010. That's absolutely incredible. Who was in that year with you? Yes, I did. It feels like a long time ago. So at that point, I was the chair of the Scottish Youth Parliament. So even then, like, I've been campaigning for, like, rights of young people and and kind of poor people and and people growing up in kind of tough schemes like the kind of place I come from in Edinburgh. And I'd went on as kind of the young politicians. So the first night I'd went in and did Big Brother... It was Matt Lucas from Little Britain. He was in yeah. the voice in my earpiece, and I can only say or do whatever he told me to say or do. And then we had all these young people who were all brilliant at lots of different things from all over the UK, and I felt well out of my depth and was dead nervous. But I just tried to be a big positive ginger ray of sunshine. And before you know it, I'm meeting everyone from Gordon Ramsay and Chris Moyles to the Sugar Babes and Roseanne Barr. That is totally bizarre. And you won it, though, so you're actually a Celebrity Big Brother winner. That's absolutely fantastic. Did it change your life? Transformed my life, yeah. <laughs> um, you should see my rider in my locker rooms. Um, no, serious, no, it did. Like, I come from Pilton, Muir House in Edinburgh, and there's no often always a lot of opportunities there. I learned a lesson very young. Is sometimes the people, right, that have the least they end up giving away the most to be there for others. And that was a lesson, like, after I got a lot of coverage and media attention and all of my campaigns and stuff I was involved in, like, loads of people wanted to listen to me all of a sudden and, like, apart from winning a, a big bit of prize money and being able to kind of have a bit of money for the first time in my life, like, it enabled me to have a platform to go and try and inspire other young people just like me. What can people do then, John, that are maybe wanting to help for the first time? They're not quite sure how to get involved with volunteering. What would you suggest? Uh, there's loads of things um, you can do. Sometimes it's very informal, like, I genuinely believe the answer's maybe right in front of you. You'll have that friend or that relative or somebody in your immediate world right now that you know is having a tough time or could just stay where we hand. Um, just think outside the box, like, go and be somebody's cream egg. Go and drop that wee secret bit of chocolate off, like, or just phone them and have a blender. <laughs> Sometimes it, a conversation and just caring about them can make a big difference, but um, that's the first thing I'd say. Like, you didn't have to do some big over-the-top formalised thing that gets you your gold Duke of Edinburgh's award overnight. You know, there's you can do small wee acts. Obviously, the, the, the wee charity that we are running, we call, it's called the Scran Academy because we're doing food. So, you know, people like Scran Academy are always looking for volunteers to help, you know, do deliveries or um, come and volunteer for portioning or helping to raise awareness. The Volunteer Centre is always places where they're looking for stuff um, as well. And probably most of us know at least one wee charity or food bank or local organisation near where we stay, wherever we are where you can go and get stuck in and help out. I know that readyscotland.org is the big official one to go to. I've actually signed up for that and I'm waiting to hear back uh, to see when they can use me and doing what. So that's a great one if anyone just generally wants to help. So go to readyscotland.org. But I'm taking away from that, John, your suggestion that we uh, become somebody's cream egg. I think that's for T-shirts and merchandise. I love that. (laughs) What an uplifting thought. Hashtag be the cream egg. Hashtag be, be the cream someone's. Egg. Oh my goodness, that's for Valentine's you know cards, isn't it? I'm a bit like a cream egg, actually. I'm the same shape as a cream egg, but bulges are a bit a bit harder on the outside, and you need to work a bit to break through, and then you get very gushy and a bit mushy and sweet on the inside. And I think kindness is about letting your 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 
oozy sweetness on the inside, <laughs> like help other people. <laughs> what an absolutely amazing analogy. Some top tips there, John. Thank you so much for joining me for a wee catch-up. Will you pop in again some other time? Kat, I would have it no other way. I'll pop back with a cream egg on your doorstep that you didn't expect. Smashing. I can't wait. Thank you so much, John Loughton. Catch-up with Kat. We're in this together. It's not just John and his colleagues making a difference. Here are another selection of your local heroes. Right, I'd like to thank Janine Kane for starting up the Hamilton COVID-19 Warriors to help the elderly, vulnerable or self-isolating in the Hamilton area. The volunteers go shopping, pick up prescriptions, walk dogs or they're just there for a friendly chat and organise various other things in the community for people to get involved in. Follow Hamilton COVID-19 Warriors on Facebook. If you need any help, just ask. Thank you, Janine, and all the volunteers. I'm sure, sure the people of Hamilton are truly grateful. Hi, my name's Angela MacArthur. I'm a children's nurse at the Royal Hospital for Children. I would just like to thank my boss, Senior Charge Nurse Liz Spreel, for all her help, her support um, during this very difficult period um, within the hospital and also for her ongoing support that she's given us throughout the rest of the year. Catch up with Cat in association with the Scottish Government. Don't forget, you can tell us about your shining stars. Just go to the website, click on the Catch Up With Cat page and leave details. Right, it's time for my random fun fact of the day. Scientists are telling us that tea is good for you. It contains polyphenols, antioxidants that repair our cells. Um, it might be good for you. Not quite sure what my electricity bill is going to look like at the end of all of this. I don't know about you, but I'm boiling the kettle about 50 times a day, which is not great when Lural is a premium uh, maybe one for the ladies, that. <laughs> OK, that's it for now. I'm back around 20 to 10 this evening when I'll be finding out why we need to switch off our devices to switch off our brains. Catch up with Cat. Hello and welcome to Catch Up With Cat with me, Cat Harvey. I'm your little nighttime fairy here to wave my magic wand and help you all unwind and relax. I'll also be squeezing in some great music and helping you celebrate your local heroes. Joining me for a catch-up this evening is Dr Jane Morris from the Royal College of Psychiatrists in Scotland. Hello, Jane. Can I call you Jane? Good evening. Hi. Yes, absolutely. I always like to check that when I'm addressing important people such as yourself, just to make sure I've got it right. Well, we've got um, really great good luck that we've got all this electronic communication, or you and I wouldn't be speaking together tonight. I know, which is funny, and it's slightly ironic because we are... Um, together due to the wonders of technology but tonight we're actually going to be chatting about why we should be reducing our time online and and I must admit Jane I am twitter daft I'm always checking the news on my phone every couple of hours but I believe this can be bad for us tell us why well certainly all the research very clearly tells us that we'd be a lot happier and less anxious uh, the less social media we go on and, you know, the less screen time that we have. The good news is that we don't have to go completely cold turkey about it. Um, and, you know, any time that we can carve out when we're not on screens, not frantically texting and Instagramming, um, it's all good for our health. So, so how much is too much? Is there a quantifiable time that's too much to be spending online? Do we know that? No, there, there isn't any nice, neat answer. 
Um, and it, you know, it's not like you're 14 units a week or anything like that. Uh, I think the best guess we've got is if you can stick to 30 minutes a day, that's optimal. But that's not realistic, is it? Oh, I know. Well, I, I think my last screen time, you know, I think it's on a Sunday it comes through, your phone tells you how much screen time. And since we've um, all been stuck at home, my screen time said I was on for, I think it was over six hours, six and a half hours a day. And I'm like, how can I be doing that? Well, we have to, and a lot of us are using it to work from home. Um, you know, I, I had a music lesson this morning using Zoom. It was great. Um, so it would be silly to cut right down when we now know that we can use it to make us feel better. Um, but I think we could probably clear our heads. Um, and if we carve out into our routine, um, sometimes when we're deliberately switching off or leaving it in another room, um, like meal times or like the time when we go out to have our bit of exercise and fresh air, um, that's a really good time for all of us to switch off. You did mention news there. Um, it's a theme that keeps coming up over and over again. Do you think it would be a good idea to actually schedule our own consumption of news so we're not going on every 10, 15 minutes to check, you know, what's the latest, what's the latest? Do you think it would be a good idea to just go, right, I'm going to look at it at this time and that'll do me for today? I think, Kat, you've nailed it. That's absolutely what we should be doing. Making a specific appointment with the news or making a particular time uh, when we look at our Facebook or Instagram or whatever it might be, rather than just letting it take up the whole of our lives. So putting your on-screen time into your timetable, that can really help. Oh, okay, Jane. Now, I need an honest answer from you here. Do you take your iPhone or your iPad to bed with you? Are you guilty of that? No, I'm not, but I can't claim the credit because my husband refuses to have it in the room. <laughs> well, he doesn't let you then, so you're being told. <laughs> Finally then, what is your best advice for switching off at the end of a hectic day? Oh, well, I would say chocolate, wouldn't I? Um <laughs> A nice cup of oh. tea or decaf coffee, or even so long as you don't go over your limits, a nice glass of red wine. Um, oh. Put all your screens into a different room um, and maybe just have a chat with whoever you're socially isolated but shacked up with. Some lovely, lovely ideas there. I'm going to take the glass of wine and the chocolate with me. That's going to be the my uh, prevailing memory from this interview, Jane. <laughs> but you've been absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Jane Morris from the Royal College of Psychiatrists in Scotland. Thank you for joining me for a wee catch-up. Thank you. I'm determined to share as many uplifting stories from around the country as I can. Tonight's is a cracker. Joining me this evening is actor, writer, and now street bingo caller, it's Kevin Brannigan from Glasgow. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Kat. How are you doing? I'm not bad at all. Uh, what is it you've become? Because I'd known you from years ago and you were always writing little plays and you've got a character, Big Angie, who's very famous in, in certain parts of the beach. Yep, she, she sure is. Basically, um, on Easter Friday... I was speaking to an ICU nurse who was saying, you know, we have to get some stuff out there. Times are low, people are stressed. And that night, the street were doing a wee social distance dance of Loch Lomond, um, the run rig version. And the big end, my first play, Big Angie's Guide to the Gallagher, 
opened with that. So I just get ready, dressed up, and belted out to the street as Big Angie. So you could just feel this wave coming up the street, and people all started, you know, trying to get as close as they could. And the guy next door, he's a big pickup truck. It's a big float, and I'm like, David, let me in the back of that. So we're driving down the street, Lock Loman's blaring out of somebody's car, and I'm driving it. Lock Loman's East End of Glasgow style. It was brilliant. Amazing. And for those that haven't seen Big Angie, describe this look, because it's not a subtle wee lady, is she? Well, she she's a big strapping blonde, big brazen uh, Amazon, Amazonian, head-to-toe leopard print, even the lipstick leopard print. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So that was the first thing then. So you've had a street sing song. So where did the bingo come from? Well, that happened on the Friday, and that went really well with Big Angie. So we got loads of messages saying, what you guys do next? Like, don't know, because people do this all the time. Don't want to get people kind of out of trouble. But what happened was, I started getting hundreds of messages from people from all over, telling me how, how much they were struggling, how down they were getting, and just, you know, how on their own they were feeling. Yeah. So I was like, what can I do then to bring people together in the street or in the area, bring them together while keeping them apart? So we done, we done the bingo and that was how it started, through Big Angie. Now I've seen this video, but describe to everybody how the bingo actually works then. What's the, the situation in your street? So the situation in the street is, I sit at my mum's garden and everybody is down the street in their gardens. So... If you live in the street, we ask you to stay in your garden towards your front door. But if you're coming from another street, we ask you to bring a chair and a pen and sit on one of the X's that me and the girls who have organised it have put on the ground. So you just get an X and you sit there, you stay safe and you have so much fun. I love it. So you've actually, you've put proper social distance markings on the street. And when you say come from another street, you're just meaning around the corner. You're not inviting people from all over Scotland because they're not allowed. <laughs> it, um, it sounds amazing, though. And I guess folk are having so much fun. Cat is brilliant. We've had messages from people from all over asking me to go to their bit. And they come here. I'm like, no, no, you can't. You stay where you are. So it's literally <laughs> from people from around the corner. And it's such, it's such a laugh. It's everybody who's round about just in the one place having fun at a scary time. Folk are so needing a laugh at this time, aren't they? You must just be a wee tonic to these people. Well, then, Kat, do you know what? The messages have been unbelievable. You wouldn't believe the people who send any messages saying they feel so lifted. Even people who are not from the area and can't come are feeling so lifted from what they're reading. And um, for me, it's just about making people feel included. So it's like inclusion during isolation. Everybody's safe, yep. but they're still involved. I've seen some of the videos on Facebook. That's actually where I saw this story to start with. And one wee elderly lady had said it's the first time she felt alive in ages. Does that not make you an emotional wreck when you, you hear them saying that? I mean, it's so beautiful. It, it does make me feel like that. And I've had messages from all over. Um, one lady who, who lives in the area, she walked past. She doesn't keep you well. And I heard her saying under her breath, we'd be lost without him. And I actually, I had this lump in my throat, because that's what it's all about. We're all here to give. I haven't got much writing done, but because I'm out there doing my bit out in the street, me and the girls who are doing it together, we're a great team. And we're all keeping safe, but doing our bit for everybody. And that's only the bits that you do see. There's so much going on, doesn't make Facebook. There's all the stuff that you don't say you do, and yeah. it's coming together well. 
Will you be continuing this after the lockdown finishes then, do you think? I think we will, because I've been asked to do it in so many places. <laughs> this woman messaged me, she says, could you come to my bit and do it? I said, I, I can't. Um, we're, we're not allowed, but this is how you do it. She says, listen, son, I know how to do the bingo. It's you, I'm happy to do it. Maybe there's a whole new career for you, Kevin. You might be the world's most famous bingo caller at the end of this. Listen, I've absolutely adored talking to you tonight. You're just a wee ray of sunshine and I love stories like this. So if you've got a story like this, sharing some community spirit, go to the Catch Up With Cat webpage and just fill in the details and hopefully I'll be able to speak to you too. Kevin, get back to your balls. <laughs> I'm a way to rubble on the new. <laughs> absolutely, you're a total star. Thanks for talking to us. We're hearing about loads of community superstars like Kevin from all over Scotland right now. Don't forget you can say thank you to a person, business or maybe a group that's making a big difference to your life. Just go to the Catch Up With Cat page and fill in the details. So time to squeeze in a final fun fact of the day. Did you know that before alarm clocks were invented, factories actually employed people to knock on the window of their employees with a big stick? Hold on. There you go. Um, just to make sure they've made their working time. So I have no idea how that would work nowadays, particularly if you lived in the 19th floor of a tower block. But um, that's what happened. So I'm back about 20 to 10 in the morning when Chef Brian Moll will be giving us some top tips on a healthy breakfast. Step away from the square sausage.